morning, everyone. It's a joy to bring God's word to all of you here this morning. Um, we are going to open to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5. It's towards the back of the Bible. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5. Let's hear the reading of God's word. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His words, His word is not in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would speak Your words of life, Your words of joy, Your words of freedom to each and every one of us here, that we'd be able to walk in the light and be transparent, transparent before You and transparent before each other. We praise You for Your Word. May You fill me with Your Holy Spirit to speak Your words of life in truth and in power. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to start off my sermon by reflecting on sunflowers. About a month ago, we had sunflowers that had shot up in our front yard. It was around 10 flowers that had opened up. We had planted them in the spring, and it took months and months for those seeds to become that beautiful plant. We waited month after month, and we forgot to water month after month. And, but God brought rain every few weeks during the summer, and eventually these flowers started sprouting up. This majestic, beautiful flower, taking in the sun rays and rejoicing in the light. In the middle, there's these black little seeds, which I had to look up. They're called disc florets, and they're packed in so densely and evenly. Day after day, the bees would come and they would take of these seeds and this fruit. And after about a week, all those black little seeds were gone. And the sunflower was left open and receiving daily that renewed sun until it was done and a few weeks later, it died. Our passage this morning is all about transparency. We've been going through this series on our journey to know Christ. Uh, We've been talking about the supplies on our journey. We've talked about joy. We've talked about unity as a church. Now this morning we're speaking about transparency. Walking in the light open and confessing our sins to God and confessing our sins and struggles to one another. Christians who are open, open to the light and walking in the light in true freedom. Over time, more and more, they have those little seeds of sin taken away and cleansed by Jesus as they walk in the light. Cleansed to then reflect the Son of God and have true fellowship with one another. So the main point of my sermon is don't be shady Christians, 
but instead walk in the light. Don't be shady Christians, but instead walk in the light. And we'll discuss this in three points. So first, God is light. Second, Jesus' blood cleanses from all sin. And third, we have true fellowship with one another. So first, God is light. John says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is John and the apostles' message delivered from Jesus. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is the very beginning to understanding the true gospel that the Lord Jesus gave us. Light. When you think of light, what do you think of? Maybe as a kid, as we spoke about, you think of your nightlight that's there protecting you from monsters and and scary things in the dark. Maybe you think of the light of the sun that brings forth its rays and brings life and plants to grow. Maybe you think of that science experiment that you did where you created electricity in a light bulb. Or that summer beautiful day, that wonderful hike that you went on this past weekend. One thing we do not think about is the darkness when we think about light. We do not think about light being evil. But we inherently know that light is good. Light is pure. Light casts out all darkness. And darkness cannot exist in the place of light. This is the God of the Bible. This is our God. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Light is truly life-giving, and God is the giver of all life. Light is pure, and God is pure, perfect. He's all-powerful. He is everywhere and all-knowing. There is no evil in Him. And we know there's no such thing as dishonest light, no such thing as prejudiced light. What it is, is light is desirable in every way. Light spreads, and the darkness does not decide where the light goes. But light overcomes the darkness. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was And God sent forth His Son. And what did Jesus say in the Apostle John's Gospel? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Or in John chapter 3, verse 19, the Gospel of John, He says, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And is this not true of us and the whole world apart from Christ? This is the first half of the gospel. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all, and yet people love the darkness rather than the light. You see, Adam was given a choice in the beginning, as we read in Genesis, to be fruitful and multiply, to bring forth fruit and light throughout the world. To bring offspring that there were those in the light, followers and lovers of God, lovers of good, pure and righteous, fruitful in offspring, and fruitful in the reflection of God's image. And what happens? What do we all know? 
Instead of doing this and being the king that crushed the serpent that came in the garden, bringing forth darkness into God's light, what does he do? Adam sins. He chose the darkness of the lie instead of the light of God's word. And with that sin, Adam and Eve tried to hide themselves from the light of God. They hid in the darkness. And now this is the judgment. The light has come into the world in Christ, and people love the darkness rather than the light. Because now our works are evil. We are born in sin and quick to evil in the depths of our hearts. This is us apart from Christ. We want to keep in the shadows, to do our sins in the darkness of the night, in privacy and denial. It's not that bad, we say, and we pull back into the darkness. We have a fear of the unknown, of not living with this or that thing, with this or that addiction, of missing out on this or that pleasure. We see God coming and we cross the street to the other side. We might want light in some way, but we fear the light. And in that fear, we leave room for sin. We fear God won't receive us, that He might despise us. Maybe He can't help us. Maybe He's not good. He can help others, but He can't help us. And we get stuck in this endless cycle of sin, fear, hiding, darkness, and on and on. And deep down inside, we know that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. The problem is, we in our depths, we are darkness. We have darkness. We have sin. So how can we be in the presence of a God that is light? As Adam was cast out of the garden, cast out of his presence, how can we be in God's presence? question we have to ask ourselves this morning is how could us being darkness in our innermost being dwell with this perfect and pure God in eternity in heaven? How is that possible? This is the first question we must ask ourselves this morning. So our second point, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's dive into these verses. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. How does he do this? How can Jesus do this? Well, this is the second part of the gospel and the heart of the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, came forth onto this earth. The one who John says, we have heard. We have seen with our eyes. Our hands have touched, as he says in the first few verses. Concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. The God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, came onto this earth 2,000 years ago. 
the one who is with the Father and the Holy Spirit in the Trinity for all of eternity was made manifest to John and millions of people. The Lord Jesus, the light of the world, came to this earth and he lived the perfect life. He said, I have come to do the will of my Father in heaven. I have come to save my people. And this Lord Jesus, he lived the perfect life. He walked in the light at all times. He was pure and holy and inviting. And he dispelled darkness day after day. He walked among the worst sinners. He walked amongst the darkness. He ate with them. He spoke with them. Went amongst the demons. And over and over he cast out the darkness. And he did not finish there. But he came to defeat darkness and sin once and for all. He went to the cross and he took the sins of his people, all of his people, all of our darkness, all of our pain, our suffering, our death, and he bore that sin upon the cross. He bore that evil every last gulp of that poisonous cup of our sin and bore that punishment of God's justice and wrath for evil, for sin and death upon that cross and His blood was shed to defeat death, to crush sin and rise again as the true light of the world. As the one who broke the power of sin and death and rose to newness of life, He was the last Adam. The first Adam failed to dispel the darkness the second Adam prevailed. He dispelled all darkness and dispels the darkness through his gospel that goes forth into our hearts throughout the world. The conquering king for us. For us that as John says in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. What was finished? Us trying to defeat darkness. Us trying to get rid of our sin. Jesus did it once and for all on the cross for those who place their faith and trust in Him. Have you seen this King, the light of the world? And confess your sins and darkness to Him. I ask you, young and old, have you, instead of hiding in the darkness, have you gone before the Lord Jesus Christ and said, I have sinned against you. I have broken your law. I have not walked in the light. I have not lived in the light as I should have. If you have done that, the Lord Jesus Christ says to each and every one of you this morning, I am just to now forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I want to pause here. The gospel is that I am darkness. God is light, and yet God became man. And He came on this earth to live perfectly, to walk in the light every second of every day, and to take our darkness upon Himself on the cross. 
He paid for our sins and he rose again to conquer the darkness and bring his people that believe in him to walk in the light. To become those who walk in the light, those cleansed of sin and given Christ's perfect righteousness. To where when we die, God looks at us and says, I see you as light, as perfect because my son, my son died for you. If you trust and cling to him, Jesus has given you his perfection and has taken your darkness. In this is love that God sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, as John says in 1 John 4.10, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And what does propitiation mean? It's such a big word. It means the perfect sacrifice that satisfied the justice and wrath of God for sin. The sacrifice whose precious blood cleanses us from all sin. Think on this. If Jesus humbled himself from perfect pleasure and community and joy within the Trinity for all of eternity and came onto this earth into the darkness, into pain, into sin, into suffering, and He came for us, for His people. Imagine His heart for His people. For those who confess their sins and believe in Him, is He slow to forgive? Is He slow to receive them? Is He slow to receive sinners? Imagine the heart of Christ. If He came even in the midst of an insane amount of suffering on the cross, the criminal to His side, the the weakest and simplest act of faith, remember Me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus in the midst of suffering said, truly, truly, I say to you, you will be with Me in paradise. If Christ could do that for a criminal in the midst of horrible suffering for this horrible man, could he not do that for you, for us? And the soldiers who mocked him and beat him instead of saying, Father, crush them for their pompous stupidity. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. If this is the heart of Christ toward the evil, the criminal, the prideful, imagine His heart of forgiveness and love for you, His people. We are those who are fully known, fully known, and fully loved. If we have confessed our sins, repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, this great and mighty Savior, then we are saved. Saved to walk in the light of honesty, freedom, and truth. So on to our third point. We have fellowship with one another. The beautiful outflow of the Gospel is that we who are fully known and fully loved by God in Christ are now fully known and fully loved by each other. 
Let's dive into this and what we mean at Jordan Valley Church when we say one of our supplies on our journey to know Christ is transparency, walking in the light. John says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. This is the first aspect of gospel culture, of a church that is living out the gospel, walking in the light and having true fellowship with one another. This walking in the light is living in a place of honesty, a place that says, Lord, I know that I still have sin. I still have that old man of Adam making war against the new man. I know I have sin. I'm not here to deceive myself. So I confess my sin to you, but also to my brothers and sisters. Walking in the light means that we are transparent with God, knowing that God is right there with open arms, ready to receive us when we are struggling. When you seem alone in your family, when you're going with trial after trial, after trial, and saying, Lord, I am broken. Lord, I can't do this. Lord, I am in need of your healing grace. Lord, I am exhausted. I am worn down. I'm weighed down. Lord, I understand that I am fully known and fully loved. I want you to bear my struggles. I want you to bear my pain and suffering. I need you to show me your loveliness, your goodness. Show me Christ, as we just sang. Instead, how often is it that when we are Christians, we say, I am forgiven, I am saved, and yet when we have sin, when we have struggles, we hang back in the shadow of concealment. What we perceive as self-protection or denial does not lead us to walk in the light. We sort of ask and confess, but we also sort of hide. We hide the innermost struggles within our being. We become shady Christians to God and to others. Hiding our sin, hiding our struggles, trying to fight sin on our own, or just trying to pull up our bootstraps and and get through this trial. We say, isn't that what mature Christians do? Only immature Christians have to lean on the Lord and lean on others, right? And we believe the lie of Satan and sin. Figure it out on your own. Do it on your own. Work through the struggles on your own. And we end up walking in darkness off and on, day after day. We might walk in the light on Sundays after we have our time of confession of our sins, after we hear the sermon. But then on Monday, you know, I'm on my own. I have to deal with this struggle on my own. I'm alone in my battles. And more and more we become shady Christians, dishonest with God, dishonest with ourselves, and dishonest with others. I want all of us to know that we can go to the greatest churches, the best Bible-preaching church, and yet still walk as shady Christians. We might get orthodoxy right, we might get doctrine right, but orthodoxy of practice, of community, we get so wrong. 
We are those that put our best foot forward in front of others because we believe it's not okay to show that I'm depressed. It's not okay to show that I have anxiety, that I'm suffering. We think these burdens we have to bear on our own or we're not mature, not as Christ-like as we should be, and we are ashamed of our struggles. God is calling each and every one of us away from this false thinking this morning. As John says in verse 8, if we say we are without sin, without suffering, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Do you see what John is saying here? Mature Christians are not those that have it all together, have the perfect life. No. Instead, they are those who know they don't have it all together, who know they don't have it all figured out, who know that they have sin and struggles and are not perfect, but they're transparent and open to God, confessing that to God, and also open and honest to each other. Our call this morning is for all of us to let our guards down. To live in the freedom of confessing our sins and struggles to one another. And when someone asks, how are you doing? We no longer say as a church, oh, I'm okay. Oh, I- I'm, I'm doing fine. It- it's a pretty good week. No. When someone asks, how are you doing? We instead, we tell them the truth here at Jordan Valley Church. We tell them, hey, I was depressed this week. I was anxiety-ridden. I was struggling. I need prayer. Can you pray for me? We open our hearts and we be vulnerable. We become a gospel culture of radical honesty where there is no space-saving, no self-concealment, no pretense, and we risk transparency with one another, with our loved ones, with our family, with our friends, with our brothers and sisters at church. And what happens is we start having real and true fellowship. Is that not what all of us crave? We are made for connection. We are made to be fully known and fully loved. Not just by God, but by one another. That is the beautiful Christian life. And I think we've all experienced it. We're at that Bible study and someone gets real. Someone opens their heart, their struggles, their sin to the rest of the group. And everyone realizes, oh, oh, we're going we're gonna to go there? And what happens is the ground rules change and everything gets quiet and gentle and powerful. Love is able to be displayed in those times. That is the fellowship that John is speaking about here. The deepness and richness of true Christian fellowship We must realize that holding things in, hiding them from God and others only weakens us and prevents us from the joy, the lasting peace, the joy in Christ. 
As John says in the verse right before this, I write these things so that your joy may be complete. Walking in the light, confessing sins to God and to others is where joy, lasting joy is realized. Walking in the light, let that well-groomed image be gone. Instead, it's about being honest in our relationship with God and with one another. This is God's call to us, and this is a call of freedom. A call to be fully known and fully loved by God, and fully known and fully loved by others. Give each other a chance to do that. To share the deepest, darkest secret with someone who you trust. And let them respond with love, encouragement, prayer, and pointing you to Christ. We've experienced this a little bit in our men's group that we've been meeting with. And now let's multiply it across the whole entire body. So lastly, some practical applications. Um, A little phrase that I thought of to help you remember. Available, confessing, not shady people. Those that are transparent are available, confessing, not shady people. So let's dive into this. Available, practical application. Be those within the church that show yourself to be available. We need to be those that are available. Those that when we ask, how are you doing? We actually care to listen and to know what their answer is. To sit and be still and quiet and listen to your brothers and sisters when you ask, how are, how are you doing? Not trying to fix it but to genuinely care for your brothers and sisters for their welfare. We need to be those that are trustworthy to not respond in judgment or solutions when people come to us or a Christian platitude, but instead to sit there with that person, possibly mourn with them, pray with them, and then point them to their Savior who fully knows and loves them and is willing to take that sin and have it lose its power. To then follow up through the week or the next weekend and ask them and hold them accountable to living in freedom, to walking in the light, and then in turn sharing your own sins, your own struggles with them, and they in turn listening praying for you and pointing you to Christ. This is beautiful Christianity. This is transparency. This is walking in the light. Our second application, confess. Know that confessing our sins to God and each other makes sin lose its power, makes sin lose its luster. For example, if you are stuck in pornography and you have that sin hidden from your loved ones, your friends, your family. If you hide that, it will only lead to pain and suffering, to losing the fight. But if you confess to the Lord, I believe in your healing. I believe in your power and cleanse me from this sin. And then you go to a few brothers and you say, hold me accountable. You confess that sin to them. You bring that sin into the light. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you from it. And you'll start walking in the light, 
walking in freedom. This is walking in the light, open and honest in our conversations, open and honest in our struggles within our heart. Or maybe it's something simpler with you seeing you are completely selfish with your wife or husband in a given situation. You see your anger and frustration boiling up. And in the past, you seek to just deal with that struggle. Against your flesh, you deal with it. Lord, let me not be angry. I got to kill this. I got to stop being angry. I got to stop being frustrated. Instead, what if you walked in the light and you turned to your wife, you turned to your husband, and instead of struggling on your own, you say, Honey, I am struggling. I am in the flesh right now. My heart is, is struggling right now. I see that I take you for granted. Can you pray to the Lord for me to love you more? For me to, to get rid of, of this anger and frustration. I don't even know why I'm angry or frustrated. And your loved one's response is not getting judgmental and angry. How could, how could you be angry for no reason? How could you be frustrated? No, they look at you and they say, let's pray. The Lord is here with us. The Lord loves you and I love you. Imagine the beauty of walking in the light together. Third, don't be shady Christians. If you weekly have to put on a certain face for church, if you constantly seek to be this mature Christian who doesn't struggle with sin, just stop. Just stop. Let this be the end of it. Let church be a place for refuge for your struggles, for your sin. A place where you receive Jesus, not just in the preaching, but in one another. A place to bring healing, being open, honest, raw, transparent. This is beautiful Christianity. This is the outflow of the gospel. This is walking in the light. And then lastly, people. My call is for each of you to find one or two people in the congregation, one or two friends who you can go to in church with your sins, with your struggles, with your difficulties. Find one or two people. I know you want them to be trustworthy, and by God's grace, every single one of us can be trustworthy. But find someone in the women's group, in the men's group, someone in the community group that you're in. Even me. I'm here. I am here to bear your burdens. I am here to love you and care for you. And let us be those that fully know and fully love each other. For the sake of Christ and the furtherance of his gospel and his kingdom. To be fully known and prayed for, pointed to Christ who cleanses from all sin, cleanses from all darkness. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. To walk in the light that you may be healed. Beloved, beloved, be that sunflower that is open to the light. That those little seeds of sin and darkness that you still have in the middle, let's confess that. 
to God, to one another, and more and more that darkness will go away. It loses its power. And what is left is a display of Christ and love and joy and openness and honesty and transparency and beauty. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that these, this is a high calling for us to actually be real with one another. And Lord, in our culture, it's not okay to struggle. It's not okay to be perfect. It's not okay to, um, to be those that don't have our life perfect and all put together. But Lord, we know that's the reality. We know deep down inside, we do have struggles. We do have sin. So Lord, give us the ability to confess to you and to confess to one another that we would be transparent and that we would walk in the light. Father, produce Christ in each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.